What's up, Real Buzzers? Before we start today's show, please go on Facebook and follow us at Real Buzz Takes. Then head to Instagram, follow us at Real Buzz Crew. Then head to Twitter and follow us at Real Buzz Crew. Um, also, please make sure to rate, subscribe, and review. It really does help the podcast out a lot. Also, feel free to send us an email at any time at realbuzztakes at gmail.com. And if you go to anchor.fm backslash realbuzztakes, you can also leave us a voice message, which we will certainly play live in a future episode. All right, let's start the show. Coming up on the pod, we talk Dr. Dre, Disney sex trafficking, and uh, St. Louis couple, as well as the movie we are reviewing today, Blade. Yeah, let's fucking rage! If you want a movie review, look no further than these dudes. You got real buzz Rob on the mic, you got cannabis keen and he's alright. Welcome to another edition of Real Buzz Takes. Today, we are the Real Buzz crew. I'm Real Buzz Rob. Sperm is a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> and to my left, we have Keenan, a.k.a. Keenan the Cannibal, a.k.a. Cannabis Keenan, a.k.a. Keenan the Barbarian, Keenan Robertson. I'm young, black, rich, and famous. I got $10 hanging from my anus. Jeez, that, that blew my <laughs> eardrums out. I, I should have probably adjusted the volume on that. I apologize. Well, Buena ziua, Romania. And to my left, we have a special guest today. He's the redneck Tony Stark. Kyle, say hello, Kyle. These nuts. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> you had me at Disney sex trafficking. Yeah, man. And honestly, that D's nuts guy, that's like five years old and it's still gold. Oh, that's still real funny. I'm, I'm curious to see if there was there a comma between Disney and sex trafficking or is it Disney sex trafficking? So no comma. It, Disney's kind of the latter part of the story. All right. And let's get to the news. The news. Kyle, did we have a new segment last time you were on? Yes. Okay, okay. so we've been doing it for a few months now. Yes. Yeah, uh, welcome back to the pod. It's good to be here. It feels good. The last uh, time you, I wasn't me. here last time. Yeah, Trimmers. Was he was here last time to do Trimmers with Chris. Yeah, Trimmers with Chris, and then we called you up uh, when Calvin was here. That's oh, right. Yep. About a tank, I think. A, uh, well, it was, we were tank question. Well, it was actually a question about whether or not a certain uh, caliber of ammunition was capable of piercing a tank. Yeah, yeah. And as I had said, Calvin was wrong. Yeah, well, that's not no surprise. And also, but. you wanted to know how big King Kong's schlong was. If I yeah, uh, well, we got. I did the math on that, and we figured it out. <laughs> yeah, scientifically. <laughs> Sounds like I was like overshot with my guess of forty-five. Feet. A little, just a, just a little, <laughs> but it was still a valiant effort. Two school buses or just one school bus, something like that. Uh, I said a short bus. Short bus. Uh, yeah, like a that's short school bus. Okay. So. All right, Doctor Dre <laughs> comes under fire. His thirty-eight-year-old daughter released a. Video over Twitter explaining that she was homeless and living out of her car. And then the general Twitter public flocked and denounced Dr. Dre for letting his daughter live destitute when her with her. She does have three children as well. So he has, you know, his three grandchildren, the grandchildren are 16, 13 and 18. She alleges that Dre cut her off in 2020 after she wouldn't saying uh, which she wouldn't stop saying disparaging things about him publicly. And she's reached out multiple times for help but hasn't actually spoken with the man in like 18 years has just kind of gone through an intermediary to oh. get money sounds like a lot of context here uh i completely agree yeah. so 
before the pandemic started, she had been like a regular, like she had a regular allowance from him. And um, I think I have a lot of questions. I don't think it's wrong to cut off your adult child from if you're a wealthy person in there, you know, if they constantly need help, I, I think it's probably it's OK to cut them off. The fact she has three kids, I think he might want to consider that factor and maybe make sure that they are OK. But you said the kids were 13, 16 and 18. So it's three. So yes, thir- uh, 16, 13 and eight. I guess. My, oh, eight. OK. I guess my first thing is that I have no problem with teaching your your kids a hard lesson, especially after it sounds like he supported her for a while. But yep. like you said, that 13 year old probably, you know, as long as that 13 year old isn't living and sleeping in a car every night. Yeah. Be my first question. Make, make sure that they have. If I had the resources Dre has and not everybody, not everyone does, obviously. And I had three grandkids, even if my kid I felt was a fuck up. I would feel responsible to ensure that they had a right. good education, that they were yeah. brought up, not with excess, but whatever they needed to live a normal life. Didn't Dre have a pretty serious like brain aneurysm? He did. He was in the hospital for quite some time with a brain aneurysm, and I don't remember even hearing about him getting out, but I guess he's yeah. out and okay now. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. He's, he's doing good enough to have a family feud. So Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Without Steve Harvey this time, unfortunately, though. And of, of course, everyone on Twitter is like, I can't believe you let your daughter live like this. It's like, dude, you don't know the context of the relationship. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. I'll stay out of that. I mean, I... I don't fault him for it. If if she was saying disparaging things, she hadn't talked to him in 18 years. I mean, I imagine it's not yeah. the healthiest relationship. And I would say don't bite the hand that feeds, if not for your sake, for your children's sake. You know, yeah. if, if the guy's given you a monthly allowance, whether or not he's in your life is a whole different topic of conversation. But if he's supporting you monetarily and you have three kids, don't say bad shit about him. Yeah. Do you know like what she was saying? Or It doesn't get into specifics. Her okay. name is Latanya or Latanya, Latanya Young. And uh, I don't know, man. She's 38, so she needs to probably have her shit together. But the the kids I do worry about. If they're living in a car and their grandfather's Dr. Dre, Dr. And I don't know. I guess I don't know that he's not somehow setting up something for the kids, but it doesn't say that he has. So bottom line, cut your kids off if, you know, you're rich and they're not. I have no problem with that if they're adults. But, you know, grandkids. 38 years old, too. I mean, it's not like he's cutting off a... (laughs) teenager and forcing her to work out. I'd like out. to see the the sum total of money he's given her. And I bet it I bet it is over a million dollars easy. Yeah. I mean cuz he's he went once he sold Beats to Apple for I think it was 500 million or something. It was a lot of money. So yeah. I mean it, it's it's not the fact that he has the money. That's, you know, neither here nor there. It's just the fact that you have a 30 you have to you have to allow your 30 plus year old child to learn to self-sustain. Yeah. I bet it would be so hard to raise kids to be good kids with that amount of money like yeah, yeah. like how do you I, I wouldn't even know how to do that not a problem i'm gonna have but no, yeah. <laughs> hot take i think it would be shitty to be born into wealth because then you, so your baseline is exceeding wealth right yeah. so then you can then you have to work for yourself to get to that level or you always have it and you know it's the theory of relativity if that's your baseline you're just never going to be happy there's not anything you want to work for be hard to have an identity outside of just being someone that has everything yeah of course so i you know peace and love dr dre and latonya young i hope maybe if he could help her assist her with getting a job of some kind or you know not just giving her money maybe giving her some sort of a you know would you teach the guys to fish you don't give them fish so you know they don't go hungry it's something like that and teach a man to fish yeah give a fish or something yeah something to that regard yeah that's a guy that literally came from nothing so i mean yeah, no, D- Dr. Dre. He's got every right to cut anybody he wants. He's a self-made man. Yeah. 
All right, moving on. Three Disney employees arrested in alleged sex trafficking ring. Seven, uh -oh. Yeah, 17 people were arrested in a child sex trafficking sting across the state of Florida under Operation Child Protector, a six-day undercover investigation into child predators held by multiple agencies. It, it gets more fucked up from here. <laughs> were they, like, kidnapping kids from Disney World and shit? I have so many questions about this. No, what? they... The only affiliation with Disney is that they worked for them. This was extracurricular activities. Oh, okay. Okay. But that being they were like snatching kids in a Winnie the Pooh costume. No, I mean, <laughs> but that being said, though, it is. it does make you wonder that's a, you know, a hotbed to do something like oh, yeah. that if you had the opportunity. It makes me wonder what kind of background check Disney has on like, and like just the lowest level employee that's hanging out at the park well, with that many kids around. Kyle, I applied for a job at Disney once and they actually have a question on the application that says, do you like fucking kids? And you check yes or no. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> they, they weed out a lot of applicants with that. People That's, are brutally honest. They yes. say yes, they, it goes right to the shit I've pile. never lied on a job application. Never. <laughs> Not once. No. You have to check the box that says all this information you know, is true or I'm going to go to it jail. seems like a foolproof gate. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, who would lie about that? Yeah. Right. Um, one couple, Savannah and Jonathan McGrew, wanted to engage in a threesome with a 13-year-old girl in role play as step-parents and stepdaughter, or in a shoplifting situation. Both suspects worked as custodians at Walt Disney World Hollywood Studios. Jesus. That's an oddly specific fetish. I don't understand. Yeah, like, you have to be, like, literally mentally ill. Yeah, of course. Like, and there's no coming back from that. Or it's just like you yeah, watched yeah. so much porn to the point where it, th nothing excites you except this specific well, scenario. Uh, wh what do you do with that person? You let them out of jail. That like you can't. What are that. you doing, step bro? It warranted it. Um, yeah, no, I, you, I don't. That's a great question, Kyle. When you look at things like pedophilia, and you look at that's unfortunately it seems to be wired into their general brain chemistry, right? So what do you do with that? I mean, I don't know. Do you, do you, <laughs> I don't. I don't have a. You know what? I don't have a good answer. I don't have a good answer. What do you do with that? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's hard to believe that they'll ever be truly reformed or anything like that. Uh, one of my buddies has a sex offender that lives next door to him. Cool. And the guy totally looks like a sex offender too. I like saw that. I was like, that dude looks like a sex offender. I'll he goes, his No, glasses. he actually is. Like <laughs> I was like, Fuck, man. Does he have like Coke bottle glasses? Uh, oddly enough, not glasses, okay. but just everything about his face and just everything about this guy. He's a creepy old dude. Does he have a braided beard? Yes, yeah, we say. Does no he have Kyle's beard. facial hair? So you got that going for you. Um, but apparently, my buddy's wife would be like out mowing, and the guy would just like come outside and just be staring at her and shit like that. And she's not underage, yeah. but she's you know, 25 or however old she is. and Does she look underage? No, but he, I, I guess he's just a real creepy old fucking guy. So I, they come back to society and then they creep out their neighbors, I guess. Is Hear what me I mean. out. Here's what we do. I have a solution. I've thought of one. So Australia, we, we need specific brothels legalized where there are women of age who are hired that look underage. Oh, OK. Or, to like I was worried about where you were going with yeah. that. For vendetta. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just just say, hey, I'm 18 or older, but I look 15 or 16 and willing to engage in these sort of scenarios. Where <laughs> no, I'm not entertaining this idea. It's a great idea, no, Kyle. It's not. Rob's never seen V for Vendetta. I've never seen it. Found that out last week. It's not Isn't that, that's what, what. Yeah, it's not for me. That was my face, too. It's a good I, fucking movie, man. All right, I'll give it a shot. I feel like you've based your whole life around that movie. <laughs> maybe like not, I need to see this. Like, not even having seen it, you've based yeah. your whole life around it. Well, maybe I'll give it a look-see. Just question everything. Remember, remember, the 5th of November, Rob. Yeah. I have Guy Fox. Yeah. Okay, everyone knows this except me. Okay. okay. Good poor name, Guy Fox. 
What are you doing, step bro? Another suspect, Kenneth Javier Aquino, was a lifeguard at Disney Animal Kingdom Lodge, who Judd said left his pregnant girlfriend to have sex with someone he thought was a child. Judd said he was dressed in his work clothes when he came to the undercover location. Judd being the arresting officer. Uh, Judd said one suspect was HIV positive that intended to have unprotected sex with a girl, although... (laughs) That is so insane to me! Jesus Christ. That's attempted murder, dude. Chemically, yeah, chemically castrate. Yeah, dude. If you if you are you know you're HIV positive and you are attempting to have unprotected sex with someone, attempted murder. Yes. Yeah. That's that hard. No doubt. Stop. That's just no completely irresponsible and unethical. I mean, it's fucked up. I have to even say that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's that. That's a nice pick me up. Moving on. Jeez, man. We have such fun topics. Yeah. Today. I. Dude, it's not me. It's the I'm news. I'm like, here I am. I'm coming over, and I'm like, ah, oh, maybe we can just talk about this fun Blade movie, and you're like, Disney rapists. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a good one. This one's uh, a light, lighter-hearted. Uh-huh. Okay. Hide your kids. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, St. Louis. you're not wearing the purity rings? <laughs> you three states are going on stage, and you three blank words are going to like it. They're going to like, like it. it yeah. Christians are fucking morons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. A St. Louis couple who pointed guns at protesters gets pardoned. Governor Mike Parson issues a pardon to Patricia and Mark McCloskey. St. Louis residents who are outside their house pointing guns at Black Lives Matter protesters marching in their neighborhood. The couple had originally pled guilty to fourth degree misdemeanor and paid a $750 fine. And the couple was also known for um, they they went viral for this photo and video and ended up being guest speakers at the Republican national convention in 2021. I generally do not have any problem with this. I think the St. Louis DA was a little aggressive charging him with a crime to begin with. They lived in a gated community. They were on their own property. The guns were legal and they were registered. And you know, it's probably a little irresponsible to just point them at people, but I don't think they committed a crime. I, I, I don't, you know, it doesn't seem like they the Second Amendment, I think, should protect them in this particular regard. So I, I, I have no problem with this pardon. Well, yeah. And the Karen, she had I mean, she was using the right to bear arms, right? I, wasn't she wearing a short a sleeveless shirt? She was. <laughs> oh, my biggest problem with the couple was they generally didn't look like they knew how to use the weapons. Well, I, yeah. lo- I love the memes where they photoshopped them into like a GTA 5 cover and it just fits so perfectly. <laughs> so funny. He has like a pink polo. Yeah. He's like hip firing like an old school like nom fixed sight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't have any problem with them coming outside and protecting their property. They run their property. Where they went wrong is that they were pointing weapons at people that weren't actively, you know, running or charging them right and they had their fingers on the trigger and like you said they didn't know like they looked how to use that like they didn't look like they knew how to use this especially the all. lady how she was holding it's like what are you finger doing? on the trigger she had a round racked in and like she's waving it around that seemed a little irresponsible to me if they were out front and they were just showing like hey we'll protect our property if you come closer yeah i don't have a problem with that no where they could like man i, I want to support those people because it would be scary to have like yeah, it would. your gate the gate was knocked down these were protesters that were going somewhere else there's a lot of people but there were people like you know they were shouting stuff at them that i'm sure well and there was them. there were plenty of instances during black lives matter protesting that resulted in buildings being burned down yeah. it, it was it happened they weren't but, all doing yeah, that but it absolutely happened i don't have a problem with them i would have been doing the same thing on my front yard but i wouldn't have been just like like those are wild pictures where her finger is like you know, not like 
It doesn't look like she knows what she's doing. Her finger is all the way through the trigger guard. Yeah. She's just Where holding she, it, yeah, oddly. Like, it, it just makes me cringe every time I see it because, like, oh, you're going to pop one of those off and you're going to hit somebody and you're going to get yourself killed because then someone's going to charge you, you know? Had yeah, had they had they fired? Jesus Christ, yeah, man. Like, who knows? Exactly. Shit would have gone down. Yeah. Had even a gun accidentally discharged and killed yeah. someone, they would they did absolutely have are in the wrong and would have gone to yeah. jail. It, it just... Well, I just I just love the picture of that guy in the pink polo. He just like yeah. He just looks so funny. He's kind of fat, and he just he just yeah, he just, he just like you. Oh my god! He looks like the least qualified person ever to hold an AR, and I just I, do, I love that meme cover for GTA Five. And I did look up the uh, the photo today just to reference, and it, he is holding like a Nam era. Uh, is I don't know what that is. It a M. Uh, so it's. It's an AR-15, okay. but it's it's got the plastic foregrip. It's got the triangle front side, yeah. which is very, like, Nam era-esque. I remember inside. using it in GoldenEye in the jungle yeah, level. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, didn't that guy run for, like, state senator or state congressman I or something? I think he's still doing it. He's, I think, he's he, has, for it. I think yeah. he has political aspirations now. Yeah. I think it's all got so wrapped up in politics at this point that the governor is pardoning them. And, you know, people probably did go after him because it was all caught up in the politics. But... I'm just glad nobody got killed and all that. Yeah, like, of course. How awful would that have been if they, they screwed up and somebody lost their life over something? Well, someone would have lost yeah. their life. One of them or both of them would have been incarcerated. Right. It would have been terrible. And the thing is, I know exactly where that house is. When I lived in St. Louis, I did not live it far like from them. It's like a pretty baller house. It's really nice. Yeah. We, uh, I lived a couple blocks away from that gated community. It was very upscale neighborhood. Very nice. Huge houses. And uh, I remember, I was like, I know that house. I've driven by it before. Well, not you can see it through the gated community by the road. But, um, yeah, so I don't have – Mike Parsons, don't have a problem with the pardon. Yeah, and on that side of the state, they're much more – I don't know, Kansas City, we haven't really had anything massive happen here. They – you know, Ferguson's on that side of the state, too. Yep. So I'm sure, you know – Tension's a little higher. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, man. I went – in Ferguson, I want to go out and say is not – the shithole that it's portrayed to be. I went to downtown Ferguson when I lived there. I, the Ferguson Brewery is very lovely. There's a lot of cool places there. And I think just the pictures you saw just from the media make it like out to be this terrible place. It's not. I'm still yeah. pissed off at Don Lemon about that. What he, he was doing coverage during like the Ferguson riots and he was walking around. He's like, tempers are high. People are emotional. Obviously, there's a smell of marijuana. I was like, why'd you have to throw that one in there, Don Lemon? Obviously. What the fuck is that? Dude, that's, yeah. you're not doing uh, anyone yeah. any favors. I'm smoking weed on my couch. I'm not out protesting. You say it like it's a bad thing, Don. How'd you know what it smells like in my room, Don? Uh, all right, moving on. This is a segment that I've kind of added in the last couple episodes where I um, peruse TikTok in my spare time. And I find ones that I really identify with and feel like need to be given a voice. Tic Tac. And so if you recall, I don't know if you read this story about um, Spirit Airlines having two. Oh, the dude? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, if I can find it, I guess. Are you going to do the interview with the guy who describes? Yes. Oh, my God. Well, if I, can, so I can't find good. it. He's so funny. And I, I just played it earlier. I oh, no. Know. Here it is. Here it is. Okay. Thank you. Real quick before you play it. So what happened was there was a, a passenger on Spirit Airlines. Very drunk. Very drunk. They tried cutting him off or something, right? Yeah. And then he freaked out. He was throwing punches. Yeah, and he was like, my dad's worth $2 million, bro. <laughs> oh, just wait. He outlines it all. All right, this is the, the man. Now, understand something. I'm a flight attendant. That means I attend the flights. Sometimes our job has us attending to crazy people. If you push us too far, you're going to have to attend 
this ass whooping. You see, because on this particular flight, I'm sitting in the jump seat and I'm just looking at him like the damn fool. He's spitting and cussing and going crazy. I say, that's enough. I got up and I walked over there. And by the way, this man smelled like a pack oh, of Marlboro, Marlboro cigarettes, cigarettes. Uh, four <laughs> shots of Everclear alcohol, and regret. So I know <laughs> something's about to go down. At this point, he touching all over my co-worker's breast. And where he f***ed up at is when he touched my titties. Because I don't play that. So what I did is I took out the duct tape. I said, <laughs> he got scared, start stuttering. Say, hold up, wait, wait, wait a minute, something ain't right. I said, yeah, we about to mummify your ass now, boy. So we wrapped him up. Better than any Christmas present you will ever see. He won't be coming on no more Frontier flights at all. <laughs> um, I don't know. I apologize. It was a Frontier flight, not okay. not Spirit Airline. But well, that sounds something that would have like something that would happen on Spirit Airline. Yeah, they're the same basic Frontier. thing. I feel like. Well, and I've seen a video. People took videos I would put on TikTok of the guy who is duct taped into his seat. He's like, "Help me, let me go." It's like, no, dude, you are a fucking moron. Was that actually the flight attendant? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I hadn't seen that video. That's funny. It, that, when I, when really I good. first saw that video, I thought that was a comedian pretending to be the flight attendant. That's that what man, I was thinking. Yeah, that, I'm here for that flight attendant all the time, and I hope he's promoted. I think he missed his calling as like some kind of SNL sketch artist. Because if you can just pop that off in an interview and just like crack out the comedy gold statement of the year. Yeah. Like, Man, give that guy a raise, Frontier. That was fantastic. That sounded like a monologue he wrote down and or wrote down and like performed at home. I, I'm gonna go on a limb and say this: uh, Black people are so much better at storytelling and talking shit than white people. It's not even funny. Like he yeah. just came up with that off the dome, and it was fucking fantastic. Yeah, that was pretty. Good. It was the best. All right, I've got two more here. This this one, uh, this is a good lane of talk, which is drunk talk, and it's very funny. And I re I I relate to this message and agree with it. Is my drunk friend telling me this? I really like anal beads up my ass. Anal beads up my ass or get the fuck out. <laughs> we can all relate to that. Oh, yeah. Anal beads up my ass or get the fuck out. She knows what she wants. She's here for it. She's ready. I, I think your neck massager smells like shit for some reason. Hey, man. That's what I'd I say told you to stay away from my neck yeah. massager. It tastes weird, I, too. Boy, I just. <laughs> I just feel like uh, sexually I'm such a square all of a sudden. Yeah, man. Um, what would you do if you got a chick back home and she pulled out some anal beads and were like, shove this in my ass? I know Rob would just be like, yeah, it wouldn't phase you at all probably. But I'd be like, ah, um, this is weird. I'm, I'm going to abstain. I've, I've never done Rob stories before. I would. So I take the Louis C.K. route post allegations and be like, are you sure you want me to do this? And then I probably still wouldn't do it. But if she was insistent, then yeah, I'd do it. Like if it was, I didn't see what that girl was, but if it was that girl, would you shove the anal beads in her ass? Yeah, for sure. Okay. If, you know, as, if, as long as it, that's what she, I knew, that's what she wanted and she was, you know, ready for it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It, it takes a special kind of girl, though, probably on the first date or, you know, even like on a random hookup. She's like, oh, wait, let me get my purse real quick. Keenan, I won't elaborate. <laughs> You'd be surprised. I never leave home without these. Well, well, no, ideally, they're probably back at her place. Yeah, but what if she's gonna get? Uh, she has them in her little purse. She never knows. Hey, man, there's there's nothing wrong with having anal beads as your car keychain. There you go. Yeah, that's dual purpose, and you could use it as like a whip. All right, I've got one more, and um, I like this one because this I knew I knew this girl in college, and 
she well not personally oh and she's absolutely a piece of shit all right and here we go. This type of girl in college. They work in Boulder, because guess what? I'm rich as fuck, and you're obviously not compared to what you're wearing, and I can do you, and you can't do shit about it. Especially because you don't know my fucking last name, but I know goddamn well who you are. Who am I? Who am I? Tell me who I am. You're ugly as fuck, that's who you are. That's crazy. Olivia. I am staring at a body of water. And I kind of want to fling myself into it. Because <laughs> I'm and just fuck and you're not. Like I, that is, I, that, that girl. Oh God. I, yeah, I've we, met that girl before. We, I was at a bar one time and this girl was walking upstairs and she kind of like tripped on her heels. And I was like, oh, w- watch out there. And she was like, you're wearing stripes and plaid. What the fuck? Don't talk to me. Uh, I was just like, oh, what? <laughs> like sometimes alcohol brings out your truth. Yeah. And you know, if Dr. Dre's daughter said that shit, then I'd be like, yeah, you're done. No yeah. more money. You're cut off. No more money. Back to Dr. Dre. What if the 16 and 13 year olds are, you know, assholes too? They're kids, man. Teenagers can be assholes, though. Yeah, but that's that's not. I'm, until you're 18, I'm giving you a pass and yeah. I'm, I'm blaming your parents. Of course. You guys are better parents or people than me. <laughs> I'm not a parent. No, nor am I. Yeah. We're the only pa- we, actually, we should heed Kyle's advice. Most he's the only parent at the table. That's true. And <laughs> if uh, my children are ever listen to this podcast someday, just, I hope uh, they don't. Boy, oh, I have Dad, a lot of explaining. I found them. some archives. <laughs> Dad, 18 years later, Dad, did you ever do a podcast with some fucking guy named Rob? It's like, children, I was just going to discuss this lovely movie called Blade. And what was that facial hair about? I'm, I'm face deep in Disney and anal beads. Apparently. You could tell your kids that you were an Irish riverboat captain or something. That's They'd true. be like, I don't believe it, and show them a picture. My daughter did chastise me uh, for a good five minutes today about my beard. She said, <laughs> what it. did you do to your beard? She said, I want your old beard back. Oh. I said, well, just give it a year. It'll come back. Yeah, just give it, just give it a year. Yeah. That's uh, sacrificing for the pot. Yes. We appreciate that. All right, a half hour in. Let's get on to the movie we are reviewing today, Blade. Yes. The release date was August 21st, 1998, and I spoke with you both about this before the mics heated up, but uh, I just want to say up top that Wesley Snipes is the ultimate Blade. He's so fucking fantastic, but I couldn't be more excited for the Mahershala Ali MCU version. I think he's a great casting. Um, my, I have reservations about whether or not Disney's going to water down the property into some kind of family-friendly thing. I don't think it'll be as bloody as this one was, certainly. Well, well I mean, uh, technically, Disney's going to be making Deadpool 3 now. So Okay. Well, we'll I, see. I think that they need to stick this in the same corner as Deadpool and just understand that you will not make a good Blade movie unless it's rated R. Right. It's got to be. It's got to be. There's been talks of them developing a different banner to put some of these movies like blade yeah. or or um like a rated r disney band yes yeah. th- but then we'll be called disney or it'll it- be called dark mouse yeah something yeah that's great <laughs> that is good <laughs> you should pitch that to him dark mouse i like it uh director of this film was steven norrington before this steven had directed a film called death machine and then after this i never heard of her but yeah. she sounds great and after this he directed a film called the last minute and then his last film was the league of extraordinary gentlemen which that explains why that was his last film I know, hot take. If 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 the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is on like FX or something back in the days that I paid for cable, I'm gonna watch that movie. It's, we 
Oh, go ahead, Keenan. We should add that to the list because I remember not hating that movie myself. And that if it was be a on good TV, movie yeah. for this podcast because it's pretty ridiculous and cheesy, but I feel like that movie gets too much hate. Well, I just remember thinking it was a shame that that was Sean Connery's last big thing. It was his last uh, feature film. Was it you know really? That he yeah. passed up being Gandalf to be in so League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, my God. What a mistake. He would have been, I mean, Ian, Sir Ian is great as Sir Ian McKellen is great. I think Sir Ian McKellen is probably a better Gandalf. Oh, now, I'd like to see Sean do the "You shall not pass" line. Yeah, I that think would be sweet. Shall not pass. I just think he would be. I mean, I don't know. I, I would see Sean Connery too much as yeah. instead of seeing Gandalf. See like James Bond. See, yeah, you'd be like that Sean Connery Swizzard. with a long beard. Gandalf I want them both Wizard. to exist. I want them to reshoot the entire series. With him, then we'll do a side-by-side comparison. All right. Universe. Yeah. Cats. Cats. Wesley Snipes is Blade, or Eric, I found out at the end of this movie, was his birth name. Yeah, because his mom's trying to get it on with him. That, that, I, have, I have a lot of notes on that that made me weirdly uncomfortable. It made me weirdly uncomfortable, How did I not pick up on this? Well, she's, like, all uh, up on him, and she's you like, didn't come pick on. up on the fact that... Your mother died a long time ago. I have oh. a whole section called... Blade's mom is weird. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. It made me very yeah. I was like, oh shit. Like I, you didn't you didn't get. I did must you watch the last half of the film. <laughs> yes, I admittedly was. The last half hour was multitasking a little bit, trying to prep drops and trying to because I had a bunch of notes. I'm like, all right, I'm probably good, but I want to make sure I at least. But clearly, I missed a huge don't, part of this. Don't worry, Rob. I got details. Yeah, we'll get we'll get into it. All right, Stephen Dorff as Deacon Frost. Honorable mention to Chris Christopherson as Whistler and Donald Logue as Quinn. I, th- I, I feel like he was a there. weird cast. I liked it. Yeah, he had his own sitcom. He was going to be a naughty right? vampire god. He was going to be a naughty <laughs> vampire god. Yeah, he and just he liked had, to party. I think if anybody, if I'm like looking like anybody in that movie, it's him right now. Oh, Harper Grant. He had some braids in his hair. I don't have his flowing locks. You're just missing, missing an arm. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he ended up with two arms at the end. That guy got messed up the most in that movie. Oh, yeah. He ended up dying. And it was weird that Blade went out of his way multiple occasions to not kill him. Okay. I have notes. I'm going to, I know we're not there yet, but I'm going to get into the notes on that real quick. Do it. Because, go on. There were multiple times. Well, okay. Opening scene. He says, I'm tired of cutting you up. I thought I'd try fire. Try fire for a change. He lights him on fire. Went biblical. At the end of the movie, he literally just cuts his head off. And he dies. Yeah. <laughs> so what was the point of that whole scene? Where Pretty he's anticlimactic. Like, unkillable. I don't know how to kill you. But my only thought is that maybe he's trying to get to Deacon, and so he's like keeping him alive on purpose because he trails him in the hospital. His only that. potential liaison. That's, like, or, uh, yeah. that's the only thing that makes sense to me. But he made it sound like I don't know how to kill you, so I'm going to light you on fire. You know, that that part really bugged me. Or maybe he just, while, like you said, he wanted to maintain a connection to Deacon so we could find him, but also wanted to make him suffer in the process because he went through some brutal shit. Yeah, yeah. He, oh, yeah. His face put against a running subway train. <laughs> yeah, him, he, he got his arm cut off at least once. Twice. Yeah. yeah. Was Deacon actually boys with him, do you think? Because towards the end, it I was seemed like, like, is it. Deacon going to... I think he actually just likes this dude. Yeah, I think yeah. He, he likes him as a lackey because I, I agree with you, Keenan. At multiple points, I thought, oh, he's kind of giving a red herring and he's just going to murk him. Yeah. It never happened. Yeah. Yeah, especially the scene where he's like, hold out your arm. Right. And he's like, oh, fuck it. He's like, Deacon, 
I, I'm your boy, you know. And then and then he he pulls him back like he was teasing him. It's yeah, like you can tell he likes Quinn. Like yeah, he keeps him around because they're boys and they party together. You and know? The, like when they're riding down the elevator, and he's like, "We're gonna be fucking vampire gods or whatever." Yeah. The, the party god, and you he's like, "Yes, we are." Where Deacon just like throws him to the wolves. Yeah, he, never comes. he just never does. Deacon was like his frat bro in college yes. that he could never not be friends with. Absolutely, that yeah. was the real bromance of this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, Wesley Snipes. Before this, so good in this. Oh, fantastic! My God, fantastic! Not that, look cooler as a human being. No, it's with impossible. With the tattoos and the haircut, like the sunglasses. I mean, physically impossible. He looks badass in this film. Before this, known for Major League, Kings of New York, an underrated Christopher Walken film. I don't think I've ever seen it. Very good. Oh, oh, uh, Mo Betta Blues, New Jack City, Demolition Man, White Men Can't Jump, Money Train, and U.S. Marshals. After this, known for tax evasion, imprisonment, <laughs> Jesus, The Art of War, Blade 2 and 3, Brooklyn's Finest, The Expendables 3, Dolomite is My Name, and Coming the Number 2, America. All I'm going to say is White Men Can't Jump is a fantastic movie. One of the greatest films ever made. Yeah, I love that. And Wesley Snipes is equally as charismatic and lovable to watch. Yes. First thing I ever saw Wesley Snipes in, U.S. Marshals. Me too. Well, really? maybe not my first, but I remember... Being one of my first couple of films being U.S. Marshals, and he, they didn't utilize him correctly in that movie. Like I, I should go back and watch that. It's been since I was a kid, but they didn't give him enough character or background. He was just this guy running from. He was Harrison Ford from The Fugitive. Right. It was basically the same movie, right? <laughs> but it was. I still liked it. Yeah. But you're, you're not wrong. I saw U.S. Marshals before The Fugitive, though. So when I saw The Fugitive, I. I was like, they're ripping this shit off. But no, it turns out. Anyway. All right, Stephen Dwarf. Who, oddly enough, is not short. Uh, well, it's D-O-R-F. It's not Dwarf. D-O-R-F-F. Who, oh, okay. who is Stephen Dwarf in the movie? Uh, Deacon. Oh, that's Deacon. Deacon okay. Frost. Is he? What is else is he in? That's well, I'm bad to tell you. Tell me all about it. Before this, he's known for a bunch of films. The ones I recognized were I Shot Andy Warhol and a great little ditty that we're going to do at some point called Space Truckers. Never heard Space of her. Space Truckers. It's, I've watched about a half hour of it, and it's really promising. <laughs> After this known for Deuces Wild, World Trade Center, Public Enemies, The Iceman, Leatherface, True Detective Season 3, which is where I think the, rena the renaissance of his career began. He was big in the 90s-ish, early 2000s, kind of had a, a career plateau, did a lot of B stuff, did a lot of independent films, and then he did True Detective Season 3 with Mahershala Ali, and he was fucking fantastic in it. And now he's uh, since done a movie called Embattled, where he plays a really... Uh, physically and emotionally abusive UFC fighter who's a father who ends up fighting his son for um like oh, I don't know some kind of whatever in UFC is a championship and I was like this I'm gonna watch this because I think it's gonna be terrible it was really good Stephen Dwarf oh, okay. does a good job it doesn't sound good I know I thought the exact same thing and then I watched it and it had uh it, it reminded me of the fighter you remember that movie with tom hardy and joel edgerton i haven't seen it but i know the so trailer. good yeah. yeah i never saw that either because so it good. looked shitty to yes. me i thought but nick nolte deserved an oscar for that movie okay he Steven did dwarf looks like all of dawson creek like dawson's creek personified into one individual like that's what he looks like to me did you ever watch the show lost either of you Nah, i didn't get no. into it ever he looks like this character that got killed off in season one, whose name was Boone, but it's not that. It's not Stephen Dwarf, but it just, it just a look alike. Yeah, I kept thinking that looks like Boone. It was bothering the shit out of me. I mean this in the nicest way and best way possible for Stephen Dwarf. He has the most hateable face I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, and I think it does him. It does well for him being cast as um, an anti-hero or a villain. 
so much of this movie was a product of its time, but I felt like he looked just like such a fucking guy from 1998. Yeah. Like it, he just fit the mold for that time period. I, I thought he did good in this movie. They did. Like, yeah. He fit. He fit the bill. He's like the nightclub guy. He's kind of a douche. Takes he's, over an undercover vampire he's covenant. Got a power trip. He's got the hair. He's Mr. 1990 nightclub. He definitely has hair. 1998 hair, and yeah. I, they really, really stress the vampire look with the oversized collar and like the drooping locks that come over in the front. And he just one thing he, he does that kind of annoys me though is like he takes a lot of really hard drags from his cigarette, and he like talks <laughs> as he's like inhaling, like, like he's flexing with like, his cigarette. He's like, oh, the vampire. God's coming. Uh, like, <laughs> that part kind of got a little annoying. Do you think vampires are susceptible to things like emphysema? No. I was thinking about that. Like, if you're a vampire, like, why wouldn't you smoke? Because yeah, you might outside? as well. Like, if you're not... invincible, except for a few things like garlic, silver, and sunlight, wouldn't that be funny if like that was also a weakness for yeah. vampires? Garlic, silver, sunlight, and emphysema, but it's hard to get him that. Yeah. In marble or reds. <laughs> <laughs> We've been trying to get vampires to smoke for years now. <laughs> it's the government's plan to slowly kill him off. Yeah, that's the long game for Blade. Oh, uh, that, that Blade's secret weapon, Marlboro Reds. All right, moving on to net worths. Kingdom, hit it. Two chains. We'll start with Wesley Snipes, and I'll give you a hint in that, yes, he did go to jail for tax evasion and was bankrupt after that, but has since rebounded. This okay. is so tricky. Yeah, yeah. I'll guess... You gonna give us an over and under, or he's got a guess? No, nope, just a guess. I'm gonna guess 15 million. Okay, that's a pretty good guess. I'm gonna go on the high side, though. I'm gonna say 20. 10 million. Okay, which is not bad going from bankrupt to 10 million in yeah. about five or six yeah, years. That's not bad. Maybe 10 years. I don't I know. I thought he was worth nothing right now. So no, no, he well he was once he got out of prison. Until but until you told me that, like, you gave the little caveat, like I would have said nothing. Yeah, he is still, which only kind of speaks to his marketability in the way like the way he can monetize himself yeah. i mean when you come out of jail with no with nothing to your name uh, not even a penny and you can accumulate 10 million dollars just being wesley snipes in a matter of a few years that's really impressive do you can't even imagine being that bad at money <laughs> well it was, wasn't that he was bad at money it no, was it that it was that he was bad at he money. well oh, he didn't pay his taxes but it, but the, his problem was was he was very vocal about how he didn't think taxation was legal and how the government taking his money was he's like no i'm not paying he literally publicly said i'm not going to pay taxes which from if you a perspective if you wanted to get away with tax evasion not the smartest move yeah yeah i mean i how, don't want to pay taxes either but how long know. was he in jail for or like what years it was a know? couple of years yeah death and taxes yeah. mr wesley snipes the one way, the one surefire fucking way to get an audit from the IRS is to be like, I'm not paying my taxes. Yeah. yeah. As That's a public true. figure. And the, true. the fucked up part is there's plenty of ways to get around that if you're already rich. Like, That's I, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, hire an accountant, keep your mouth shut, and you won't have to pay those taxes. No high-level politician is paying a lot of taxes. They make enough money to where they don't have to. and Or any business, or very successful business owner. They're, they're finding ways to get around it. That's how the tax code works. Whether or not that you think that's right is a different story. But if you're rich, the worst possible strategy you could have is to just say, I'm not paying taxes. Yeah, there's a level where you can afford loopholes. I pay yeah. my taxes. I can't afford loopholes. But if no, somebody no, no. can I'm legally exploit it, I mean, I mean, I would be doing the same thing if I was a multimillionaire. So I can't blame them. We need to sure up the tax code, change the laws. On a great year, I don't pay much taxes after I file my taxes. On a great year. On a bad year... I mean, 
I don't, I don't have. I don't ever pay a ton, but like, it, it, I don't get refunds. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, a little known fact about Wesley Snipes though, and his whole, you know, not paying his taxes was he was a huge fan of the American Revolution in school. So he's just like, no taxation oh, really? without representation. I made that up. But oh like, goddamn it! Like, that was, was a, I'm not falling for this. That, that was, was like, a workaround I, to get I, to that. I completely <laughs> fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. I'm like Keenan. This is great shit. And he was trying to get people to go do another Boston yeah. Tea Party and shit like that. He was fired up in the 90s, man. All right. Specs and deets. <laughs> yes, indeed. Runtime on this film was 120 minutes, two hours. Uh, just looking at it, I thought, that's a little long. I haven't seen this movie in a while. Didn't bother me. No. that And see, I've never seen this movie before. I've always wanted to, but I feel like this came out. I was born in 90, so I feel like this came out at that magical time. You were born in the year 90? Yeah. <laughs> 90. You're a vampire. I'm a vampire. <laughs> 1990. So it came out 98. So I was definitely too young. My parents wouldn't have let me see this. But then by the time I was able to see rated R movies, 13, 14, I think I just never went back to it. Because uh, sure. I had seen Underworld and shit like that. And I was like, oh, I don't need to watch Blade. Blade's much better than Underworld. <laughs> oh, it's way better. So I was super excited to see it. And then when I saw it was two hours, I was like, oh, fuck. I wish it wasn't two hours. Had a great time, though. Great. And Kyle was telling me, which he'll say, he saw this at a maybe a little too yeah, young. Yeah, yeah. I saw this for the first time. So this came out, what, 98? 98. I probably saw this in 2000, 2001, after it was released. 10 or 11, 12, VHS somewhere around there. Or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So I was like fifth or sixth grade at Spencer Grus's house. We lived adjacent from each other. It was a guy we went to high I school I remember with. I was absolutely terrified of that opening scene i was like what is this movie this is crazy people are getting their throats cut with boomerangs i'm scared out of my mind so like the blood coming through the sprinklers like revisited blade until as an adult and like as an adult i was like and that's not the same thing that i thought it was so let's go around the table real quick and tell me if do you all remember the first rated r film you saw and what age were you oh first rated r film yeah i remember mine it was Hard Rain, starring Christian Slater and Randy Quaid on VHS. Yeah. And I had I had told my mom that it was rated PG-13, and I was like, no, this is good. And she just you know took my word on it. And then I was watching it at home. My dad came home, and he was like, what is this? I'm like, Hard Rain, Dad. Great movie. It's, about, it's a movie about a flooding town where Morgan Freeman and Christian Slater are fighting against Randy Quaid. And he's like, what's this rated? I'm like... PG-13. And then immediately Randy quits. Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> that was the one, Dad. That was the one. No, that was it, man. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, I think the first rated R movie that I was... I can't remember the first rated R I saw, but I think the first rated R that I like was allowed to rent was American Pie. And That's a big one. After, the, after it finished, I started it over again. Of course. I, yeah, I was in love with that fucking yeah. movie. Shannon uh, Elizabeth's breasts, what, what, I, I remember pausing it. Yeah, um, on DVD when I was like, "This is a great movie. This is fantastic." So it, it, mine might have actually been Blade, but I need to do a little research because the other movie that I saw way too early is going to shock you guys, and that's American History X. Oh, Ooh, that's a heavy one. Yeah, I don't know when that came out, but I saw that. Were you watching it with your family, or was it solo? No, it was like it was at Jack Keeley's birthday party. Whoa, that's a great birthday we party were, film. <laughs> like it was an all male sleepover. In seventh grade or sixth grade or something like that. Oh, and my God. popped out an American History X DVD, and I was just like, my life is shattered. Everything I know <laughs> yeah. is gone. Let's talk about, I mean, where? What, how much to unpack there? It's like, do we talk about racism in America? Do we talk about prison rape? Do we talk, I mean, Jesus, there's just a yeah, lot in that movie. That's, oh, my always God. Gets me, That's yeah. too much for a little kid. Oh, but. I remember that 
that scene vividly because you can hear you can hear the sound the, of his teeth yes! hit the curb it's, yeah i i almost don't watch the movie because i, don't I know like that scene's that in movie. it yeah well it's like it's like saving it's private good, ryan it's got a it's a good movie yeah. it's a great message but yeah. boy that movie just i don't seek that out to watch it's like saving private ryan it's an important film and it's I like Saving Private. That entertains me. Uh, but it is hard to watch the Normandy scene. I watched it, I think, three or four weeks ago. And yeah. I, when I was younger, I'm like, this is a great movie. When I'm older, I'm like, I'm so sad. It makes it, me feel like I haven't done much with my life compared yeah. to some generations. And we're like, ugh, like, I got to get vaccinated and wear a mask. And these people, like, got yeah, called man. up at 18 to do something incredible and, like, actually do something when they were storming normandy the first wave of soldiers were just there to be murdered yeah it it just in i don't know man that that i remember i've been drinking a little and watching that movie just like oh i like this when i was a kid and i was like heavy movie it's so i just felt so sad it's very sad the giovanni ribisi scene talking about his mom is yeah very sad really sad um then he dies like the next scene you're like fuck yeah and he calls out for his mom we're getting too far down that that's 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 (laughs) That's yeah. yeah Uh, budget on this film. <laughs> <laughs> going weird places here. Budget on this we're film. We're going <laughs> everywhere except Blade. Hey, man, yeah. we've, we've talked about world wars. We've talked about child molest. Anyway, uh, budget was $45 million. This opened at $17 million. Gross $70 million domestically, $131 million worldwide. This film was wildly successful. Spawned yeah. two sequels. Yes, it did. Yeah. Uh, plot keywords. Number one, Vampire Hunter. Number two, Black Superhero. Number three, stylized violence. Don't know why number four was one. Gorilla, I don't know why that was there. That's weird. Yeah. And that number, bad. yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, upon, I was like, oh, that's odd and weird. I bet I'll see it because I do this before I watch seems the like movie. A derogatory term for like a little black bit. male superhero. Is it know? spelled G U E or is it G-U-E? no? It's spelled no. like the animal. Yeah. I was that's trying to give him an out. Number five, which that wouldn't make any sense. I either. know, but I was, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Well, guerrilla warfare. Guerrilla yeah. warfare. Against the vampires yeah. would have made perfect sense. Maybe people are just bad at spelling. Yeah, maybe. Okay, maybe someone putting his plot keyword spelled gorilla the wrong way. Instead right. of G U, they went G O. Because yeah. it is gorilla. It literally is gorilla warfare against vampires. Yeah. No, that's that, okay. Go with that. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. Let's, go with yeah. that. I, let, let's give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, and number five, human vampire hybrid. That makes sense. Yes, it does. Taglines. I'm excited for this. Very excited. I w- I'm very excited to tell you them. <laughs> They're all very good. <clears throat> the first one, the power of an immortal, the soul of a human, the heart of a hero. It's fucking great. A little cheesy. No, it's perfect. The heart cheesy. of a hero. Oh, there are four more, and they're okay, all fantastic. Okay. Against an army of immortals, one warrior must draw first blood. <laughs> Is this Rambo? <laughs> it's great. Uh, this one's my least favorite, but still good. Sometimes it takes one to kill one. Okay, I like that one. That's not bad. Number four, have you given blood lately? I like oh, that that's good. Yeah, I like that that's one. That's good. That's a good one. This, this one's probably my second favorite. Part man, part vampire, all hero. All right. I don't think it really suits Blade, though, because he's kind of an anti-hero. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess you can't make the tagline. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. Yes. Yeah. That's the that's the central theme of this movie. Because that, while the most random quote of all time, is really respectable. And I think that you can use that in so many different aspects of your life. Be like, hey, man, sometimes some motherfuckers just want to ice skate uphill. Tell me a time where you couldn't use that. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a better question. Another line I wrote down from the movie, which out of context, if it was just on a poster... 
people would have thought it was a different movie, but when he goes, it's open season on all suckheads. He did say that. I was like, that's a great, yeah. Out of context, that might be. I had to look up what he said in suckheads. I thought he said suck eggs at first. Suck eggs. I always watch with uh, subtitles on now. I do too. Yeah, Always. It's a good call. Just these movies. Yeah, typically yeah. if you're oh. watching a comedy i'll spoil the joke for you first but I don't wrote, care i wrote down my favorite monologue that we can get into at some point but it's when he's explaining the rules of killing vampires as they're walking up into the nightclub oh that's that, the best. great that just cracked me up how serious he was no he, he could he's, you want me to say it now or do you want me to say it for later let's do the canopsis and then we'll start with okay, we'll, we'll start the real bus rundown with okay. that i'm so excited and it's perfect because reason. he plays it so straight yeah. and it's it's awesome <laughs> all right now it's time for the canopsis, please, I will refer to you, Cannabis Keenan. All right. Well, we're going to refer to the IMDb again because I've been enjoying doing this because I don't read them beforehand. It's funny. I like it's it. It's kind of fun to do it. it. I like it. Uh, and then, so usually when I do this, there's like one short one, one long one, and then one perfect one. How many were there? There are four. Okay. And all of them are about the same length. So we're going to go with the one written by film underscore fan on okay. IMDb. All right. And I think as soon as I start reading it, you'll know why I went with this one. I'm excited. All right. In a world. <laughs> that's, that's how it starts. No, it's great. Oh, does it, it, re- it really yeah, starts like it that? It really starts like that. <laughs> it, In no, a world. Yeah. Well, I guess this was 1998. <laughs> yeah. so. All right. So, all right. Here we go. In a world where vampires walk the earth, Blade has a goal. His goal is to rid the world of all vampire evil. When Blade witnesses a vampire bite, Dr. Karen Jensen, he fights away the beast and takes Jensen back to his hideout. You can make a joke there. I'm not going to. Okay. All right. Here, alongside Abraham Whistler, didn't know his first name was Abraham. That's news to me. Yeah. No, they said, definitely said that in the... Oh, that's a badass name. All right. Uh, Blade attempts to help heal Jensen. The vampire Quinn, who was attacked by Blade, reports back to his master, Deacon Frost who is planning a huge surprise for the human population. Huge surprise. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that started off so promising, and then that's the end of it there. Jesus Christ! So, uh, basically, Deacon is uh, Quinn's master, and he's trying to uh, become the ultimate vampire or whatever, and Blade's yeah, the huge a, a hybrid. The blood god, Ma- Lamagra. Lamagra. Yeah, yeah Lamagra. we'll give it a little... We'll give it that much. Yeah, that wasn't too much for <laughs> film fan. No, the thing is, it just, the fact that... He mentions no other specific characters other than Blade and Quinn is weird. I feel like yeah. film fan watched the first 15 minutes no, of this did, movie. He did talk about Whistler, but like I feel like Quinn's not worth a mention in the synopsis. I'm not yeah, even not sure Whistler is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're doing a synopsis. It's tertiary characters should not be in a synopsis. It's yeah. like he, yeah, he watched the first half hour and was like, all right, I get what this movie is. I think I get it. All right. I, I can write this for IMDb. Good Lord. All right. You said film fan? Film underscore fan. Film. Okay. He's a fan of films. Yeah. All right. Now it's time for the Real Buzz Rundown, where we talk about the film, what we like, disliked, et cetera. Kyle, let's start with the quote that you were talking about earlier. Actually, first, before we go there, I want to talk about Blade's guns, because you know I'm kind of like weirdly. Yeah, you're a, you are a gun enthusiast. So Blade's machine pistol that he has. Yeah, those automatic right? pistols. I was like, what is that? Very modded. It was like a long gun like it was like never-ending ammo which is a very 90s thing but oh yeah anyway so it's a mac 11 oh that's right it is i read this it's a mac 11 it's either nine millimeter or it's in 380 i can't tell and then they cut a mac 10 in 
half and they welded it to the front of the Mac 11. That's wild. To look, Damn. To make it look longer. So it's like a Mac 10 and a Mac 11. So it's like a Mac 10 and a half. Yeah. And so there's really no real reason that Whistler would do that. So we're going to chalk that up to this cool movie props. They wanted to make it look good. Yeah, yeah. But his shotgun is a Benelli M3 Super 90, which is a very tactical shotgun. But somebody cut the stock off. And is it sawed off? So it's a pistol grip. Oh, okay, the stock. He's always firing it one-handed, which makes zero sense except to be cool. Well, it looks great. Yeah, and yeah. so they also have a modified, like, dual silver spikes under the barrel. Yeah, so he could, it's kind of like um, they have an under-barrel deal that would shoot. Yeah. yeah. So I'm chalking that up to, like, a functional thing that Whistler could have done. So very cool. He could have modified the shotgun to make that yeah, happen. Yeah. yeah. Like, really? You know how they have those, um, you know, those uh, rifles that have the grenade launcher. Like an underfire yeah. grenade launcher. Yeah. I'm, I'm chalking it up to like that could be something Whistler actually made to be useful. Okay. So Blade Sword was really interesting to me because like I don't understand the rules in the Blade universe. Like stuff doesn't have to be silver. Kyle, there are no. <laughs> stuff doesn't have to be silver to kill vampires. And so I was like, okay, well, Blade Sword, they mentioned that it's titanium. So it's a titanium blade with acid etching. Acid etching doesn't do anything. It just makes the blade look cool, by the way. They made a big deal about that in the movie. It's not silver, apparently. And I guess it was passed down from vampire hunter to vampire hunter. Oh, very cool. Comics. It used to be Whistler's, and it was originally used to kill Lamagra. Oh! I thought that was very cool. They didn't mention that in the movie, but... That anyway. is cool. This because so. Blade was very popular. It's a Marvel comic. Right. That's that's yeah. the origins of the film. Have you guys done a Marvel film? Mm. I don't think we. I have. don't think we have. We should, I feel like though. it's very wrong that Calvin's not on the podcast for your first Marvel film. No, no, no. If we do, if when we, I perhaps we'll do one. Calvin will have to be on here. He's a Marvel fanatic. He I know, loves I feel the Marvel like this films. This is his shot. This is the one that launched all those other films. What we'll do is I'll speak with Calvin, and whichever one he wants to do, I that's the one we'll do. This movie okay. saved Marvel. Yeah, no, this it was is the reason that Iron Man got made, and the reason Iron Man got made was the reason that Marvel exists. Yes, the yep. the reason this was considered the comic book movie that kind of started redeeming comic book movies because yes. they just made really shitty ones until that point. And Stan Lee was an EP on this film. Yeah, oh. I saw his name credited. That was cool. Yeah, so this so you're not wrong. This movie, while made under different ownership, but it's a Marvel property, is responsible for the entire MCU. Right. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, now to the quote that I absolutely love. So they're walking into the Asian nightclub where the Asian girls are singing that. Yeah, the really high pitched Asian I'm rappers. Like, I don't know what they're saying, but like I was like, I was nodding my head. I was like, interested. Yeah, like I want to hear more of that EP. The subtitle said rapping in Asian language. <laughs> it didn't even say which language it was. I had but, the same, okay. yeah. So yeah, they're walking up and he's like giving her like the crash course on vampire killing. And he says, Crosses and hollow waters don't do dick. So forget about what you see in movies. You use a stake, silver, or sunlight. And then he hands her a gun. And she's like, he's like, you know how to use one of these? And she says, I can learn fast. And he said, safety's off. Rounds in the chamber. Silver hollow points filled with garlic. You aim for the head or the heart. Anything else and it's your ass. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God. I love that dialogue. Very disconcerting that he... Asked her if she'd ever used one of these, said no, but I can learn, then hands her a weapon with a round chambered. And you're just like, okay, well, hopefully she doesn't shoot herself or me. Yeah. And right before that scene, one of my favorite scenes in the movie, I don't know why, is like, she's like, what do I got to be scared of or something? He's like, he's like, there's worse things out here tonight than vampires. She's me. like, what? 
He's like, me. And he takes his sword and he goes, shink. And he takes his <laughs> other hand and he pulls it down into the sheath and he goes, shink. And I was like, okay. There's no bigger bad. Like, if we're talking about badass superheroes in the MCU, there's no bigger badass than Blade. It's like he's a vampire shaft. I love it. Uh, yeah, I could see that. One of my notes was, I love everything that Wesley Snipes is doing in this movie. Yes. Because I would have just wrote down, oh, when he did that, that's cool. When he did this, it's cool. Everything he does is fucking cool. And before we get too far, I wanted I want to bring this up. The this is the first time I've ever heard to a guy refer to his dick as a heat seeker, and oh. I, I'm totally here for it. <laughs> it's the best. He's like, yeah, I got my heat seeker right here. Like I'm I'm gonna use that line. Yeah. Yeah. So let me know how that works out. <laughs> I, I will. <laughs> so I have a whole section of notes called opening scene is my favorite scene, and I said weird opening line to the movie, Lady Vampire. What do you got down there, little man? And then discount Bill Paxton says, my heat seeker. <laughs> that guy is actually has a prominent role in the show The Shield with Michael okay. Chiklis back in the day. And uh, he probably started The Shield not long after this movie. And I'm like, oh, it's the guy from The Shield. And it's uh, he's he's great. He, he yeah, bats a thousand from the blade in the three minutes he has in this movie. I wrote down Wesley Snipes hair slash tattoo combo could not look cooler in this movie. He looks so and good. as a bald man, I am so jealous of that. Um, also when he makes that dramatic entrance into the like slaughterhouse, uh, like it's a, a, a rave, an underground, uh, an underground vampire rave. Yeah. Where like the sprinkler system is spraying blood. Yep. Like he doesn't use the element of surprise. Like you can tell he's just like, I'm totally so tired of killing vampires at this point that I'm going to just stand here and let them cower in fear. I'm going to let them make the first move. Like I thought that was pretty baller, you know? And in the same scene, the, uh, the guy from the shield. So if he, all right. So he walks in, and something drips from the ceiling onto his hand, and his first response is to put it in his mouth and taste it. Yeah, that's true. And I'm just like, dude, if I'm at any kind of an underground rave and something falls from the ceiling onto my hand, the last thing I'm gonna do is stick my hand in my mouth and taste it and be like, oh, that's cool. That's just. I mean, it, it even looks like blood. It well, looks like blood. Maybe he thought he cut his finger. I don't know. I don't know if I buy it. Yeah, I don't know. But. Also, here's a question I had in the notes from the first scene. Is Blade bulletproof? No, he has that uh, that chest thing, that but chest it, of armor. Okay, so let's say that Blade gets shot in the head with a regular bullet. I would imagine he would have the ability to regenerate. I don't know. Well, uh, Whistler says at one point those wounds he has... Tomorrow they'll be fine or yeah. whatever. So I feel like he'd be okay if he got shot in the head. Maybe it would kill him overnight or something. Yeah, like I have a really hard time figuring out the rules on Blade and other vampires because he sprays other vampires with silver bullets and they die real quick, right? But if Blade got shot with a regular bullet versus a silver bullet, I am totally confused on what would happen. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. It, the rules are obscure. I think, there. I mean, he never gets shot in the head in this movie. So maybe yeah. that would kill him. I don't. I don't. I don't know. It's what's a great question. What's he say when the cops shoot him? <laughs> Are you serious, <laughs> motherfucker? Are you out of your damn? Yeah, you damn bad, motherfucker. <laughs> it's a great line. It's, it's a great line. Yeah. Also, I have notes on that scene. So, they're like those cops shoot him four times. Their revolvers hold. Yeah, but they're all right in his chest. Yeah, yeah, no. But yeah. They, they, okay, they have like at least two shots each. Yeah. They cut to another scene, but then the next scene is a blade just walking down the hallway. So, like, what happened with those cops? Did he just like take them out? Because the next uh, scene, 
And then he takes Karen and he throws her off of a building into like a tent. Yeah, it was on yeah. a mattress. Yeah. It was on a very, a very conveniently placed mattress. Like a neck snappingly long fall. Oh, it's yeah. It. I mean, it's <laughs> at least a shoulder di- dislocating fall for sure. I love that scene. I was just like, I'm going with it. I'm yeah. Here for it. Well, and the police also seem very nonchalant about a man hanging by two stakes on fire. He's just like, eh. Put, put him the, out. Put him out. Yeah, put him it's out. It's just like, God dang, another just, Thursday. Just another Wednesday another night. Guy. I'm putting out a guy fucking staked to a bathroom wall in an underground rave covered yeah. in blood. Covered in blood. Yeah, what was that? Was that a circular shower at the slaughterhouse? Yeah, I think that's like exactly pit, what it was. Like a pit shower. Because they were fighting Blade with uh, meat hooks, right? So I think yeah. it was a slaughterhouse that they fashioned into an underground rave. And then there were sprinklers that they somehow... Yeah. Put hundreds okay. of gallons of blood. Yeah. Which seems like a waste of food source. I thought the yeah. sprinkler system blood thing was a nice touch. I know that it's it's old and it was from 98, but I've never seen that in a vampire movie. It was cool. And I was like... I, I really like that opening scene. Yeah. It's a great opening scene. I mean, the boomerang knife is a little ridiculous. And <laughs> that was sweet, though. I love it. There's a little bit of, like, I get confused on Blade's character a little bit when he's, like, super serious. But then after he... When it, right before he throws the boomerang, he just like stops and does the cheesiest smile at the camera, then throws it. <laughs> like he's he because he knows they're fucked. He's like, oh, my motherfucker, and he just. And then when he shoots Quinn with the spikes, he goes like he does the fist pump, and smiles, and then walks over super serious. <laughs> yeah. So it's like he's just so bored with like doing the same thing every night. Is the way I'm going to take that. Uh, let's see. You want me to keep going? No, 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 keep going. We'll sprinkle yeah, we'll in. Sprinkle. I, I was going to say, I've got the next thing I have is I'm, I'm really glad they made the head vampire of the Covenant a German guy. It just it fits yeah. perfectly. It's like, do we have any other matters to discuss? Yeah, that fits well with my notes because I was very confused about like, OK, so there's these vampires. I'm assuming they're wealthy. They got protection. There's like 12 of them in this council. They're the True Bloods, right? Yeah. They call on the lowly Deacon Frost. He totally comes in and just shits on them. Like, super he hard. doesn't care. And then they just like, like nothing gets resolved. Nothing gets done. And they just dismiss him. And then he shits on them again before he leaves. While he's like blowing smoke in their face. Yeah. Just let him leave. It's like what, like, what does he have on this council where they don't just get rid of this guy? And then the next scene you see, like, He's yelling at the German guy again while he's translating the text. That he eventually murdered. And the German think, guy's even like, you'll never lead us. You, like, why yeah, not just like, kill him? Like, do they not have their own security force? Yeah. Do they not have their own vampires to take out his, like, nightclub security? Like, they didn't seem that organized. They looked like a bunch of loosely affiliated turned vampires that like to party, right? Well, they weren't turned. They were they were true bloods, as you no, call no, them. No, no, I'm talking about Deacon's guys. Oh, yeah, no, they were, they were stupid, yeah. You're they, telling me yeah. the world's most powerful vampire coven... People, yeah, the true bloods like, can't kill they these. They can't like take out these scrubs because yeah. the next scene, Deacon is like burning them up in the sunlight, and then they're down in the little Lamagra pit, and like literally, they're not fighting back. Do they not have vampire powers? Like in Underworld, the I oldest was vampire was the most powerful. Is the most powerful, and this one, like I guess, if you're an old vampire, like you're just screwed. Like it does seem like he was some kind of an uprising that would have been easy to like yeah. completely get rid of. That was my only problem with Deacon's character is like he didn't have any true leverage over these people except that he was bold and kind of an asshole. Yeah, like I don't know. And that there's never kind of me. there's never even a line like from the Vampire Council that's like, "Well, we can't kill one of our own." Like had they said that, I would have at least let it slide yeah. a little bit more, but I kept wondering that same thing. I was like, "Why don't they just 
It's like uh, Scotty Evil from <laughs> Austin Powers. He's like, I got a gun in my room. We can go shoot him right now yeah, together. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, just sure. take out Deacon, man. Yeah, no, it, does, it, it, it doesn't make any sense at all. Zip it. <laughs> and a whole bag also, of sh- Also, Deacon had a really weird bed. Like, it was like. Oh, the one like, that had, like, that, that roof that kind of just le- levitated up? Yes. And I assume, like, okay, so he had curtain, like, metal curtains on his apartment so yeah. the sun couldn't get in. And then he's like. But just to be safe, I'm gonna have this like steel vault hyperbaric bed chamber yeah. bed. Yeah, that I'm gonna get locked into every night. Like, well, I think a part of that it was, was cool. Like it was visually cool. Theatrics, right? Yeah. So, it, and I think that was solely placed in so they kind of give you the the foreshadowing that oh, this is gonna reveal something, and then that's how Blade's mother is revealed. Yeah, and at, towards the end, that so that was her in the very beginning scene, right? They didn't show her face. Mm, no, I think that was just another. The, the one was like, hey, don't keep your party waiting. So go watch it again. There is. So the first time the bed opens, Deacon Frost is translating the text on his computer. Yeah. And he's like just about to crack the code. Blade's mom gets out of the bed, but they don't show her face. Oh, I do remember that. I think you're right. So she's hanging out with Deacon the whole time. And I should have put Blade's mom in honorable mention because she's, I can't, th- I don't know her name, but she's a pretty famous actress. She looked now. familiar to yeah. me for sure. I didn't recognize her. Oh, she's been in a bunch of stuff. I Again, I say that and nothing specific comes to mind, but I know I've seen her in a ton of stuff. Okay. So I also want to talk about, I have a note section called Blade's mom. And so... So, She's got it going on. So Blade's mom, <laughs> like like Blade's whole motivation in life, right? Whistler says that he found Blade actively being a vampire, feeding on homeless people yep. when he was 13. Whistler finds him. Whistler talks some type of like crusade into him, and he's going to go get the vampires now. Number one, how does Blade know, or how does Whistler know, that his mom was bit by a vampire when she was pregnant? Solid point because Blade would have no knowledge of the incident as he was right. kind of being born as she was being <laughs> right. bit. It's it well yeah. It's. Well, let's say they find out somehow. So then his whole life's crusade is to avenge his mom. Maybe. Well, maybe, but he he doesn't know that's like specificity of the situation. But maybe he figures out. Oh, this motherfucker can walk in sunlight. Yeah. Uh, he's not allergic to garlic or right. silver. He's got to be half human. Maybe they deduced it. Let's say they yeah. deduce it. We'll give him that. But then he finds out his mom's alive. What is his motivation to not join the vampires at that point? Like, his mom is a vampire. She has not been, like, she's actively chosen that she loves this life, as she made very clear in Mm -hmm. her, like, weirdly erotic, like, you know, dance around Blade. Like, at that point, Blade, like, his whole life is a lie. Like, he's been slaughtering his own kind, and it's all been in her name. Right. I guess because Whistler instilled some kind of a moral compass in him in regards to vampires and humans and that it's not cool because he's half both. Right. Yeah. Like your point is the only point that makes sense, which is like it's all he's known. It's all he's done. His love for Whistler and like his like he's it's been instilled in him that this is like not right to feed on humans and stuff but it's like his surrogate father versus yeah, his real mother yes it's it just being a piece of because whistler raised him so whistler is like a surrogate father to him so he probably instilled the idea that killing humans for food isn't right and vampires right. are bad it's like that's yondu good. from uh guardians of the galaxy exactly Dude, that's like a life reckoning moment though because like he oh, shaked yeah. everything he did on his mother's death but anyway she was just a vampire the whole time turns out which Leads me to think how so they kind of explain this away, but I don't think they do a good job of it. 
So Blade's got this headquarters area where he's got all this equipment. He's making all these weapons. Whistler's doing all this shit. And they're like, and she's like, well, how do you pay for this? He's like, we rob people. <laughs> We're not, this isn't a March of Dimes, is what he says. <laughs> so I love the scene where he goes into the garlic shop to buy like, serum. Essence of garlic from that like shop vendor. Yeah, he tosses a bag at him and it jingles. I thought he's painting like medieval coins or something. I was like, please <laughs> tell me he threw like a bag of gold at him. Blade, it's like people's. You know, it's seven doubloons, not six. Yeah, <laughs> I thought like I was like, oh yeah. So is he painting him in metal coins? Is there some kind of like John Wick style currency in this vampire Me- world? Maybe there is. But it turns out he just had a bunch of stolen watches from vampires he killed. It also bothered me that Blade. Uh, not bothered me. I could. It's definitely I could overlook it, but. He's one of the most, he's one of the least inconspicuous people I've ever seen. Yes. He drives a jet black Dodge Charger. He sweet fucking car though. 1968 Dodge Charger RT to be. Exact. Yeah, it's very modded out. It's very loud. It's not an inconspicuous at all. He's beating up uniformed police officers yeah. in broad daylight in that public. one got me. Yeah, and I'm just like ah. Like, I think somebody would be like, hey, that guy's beating up a cop over yeah. there, you know? There's some guy dressed in leather coats in a lot of strange-looking armor carrying a lot of automatic weapons who is beating the shit out of a uniformed police officer. Like, I, m- m- someone might call someone. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is that there's a lot of speeches about how the vampires are embedded everywhere, and that would probably include the police. Yeah, they they do mention that. But and obviously, I, they got one police officer at least. So I'm talking yeah. like just a concerned citizen. But maybe they do call, and the police are like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we know. It's yeah, all good." Yeah, like like a guy with a samurai sword sticking out of his like leather jacket is cause for concern enough to yeah. call the police. So yeah. your point is very valid. Right? Who's Blades Taylor, by the way? Where is he getting this this coat? It's and the like, Kingsman in London. Yeah, looks like it. Like, is is Whistler cutting his hair? Hmm. Who's Blade's barber? Like, Another is, great question. Is Blade going to like gray clips and he like sits down. Not with that haircut, he's not. He like sits down and he like he has to remove his sword and he's like, I'll have the seven ninety nine special. Hey, make sure you put I want two towels on my face. Or like he's going into a tattoo shop and he's like, I want lines to match my hairline on my neck. Yeah, the tattoo yeah. artist is like, Whoa, whoa, like you have a sword on your back, sir. Like I have questions. Yeah. Uh, Maybe Chris uh, uh, Whistler uh, shaves, you know, or does Blade's hair, but Blade's like, I ain't doing it to you, though, man. Yeah, That's why Whistler's got such long hair. He's like, yeah. fuck your hair, man. Uh, well, Whistler, is, he, he's that old damaged man, as he explains, where his family was murdered by vampires. So he, he should have that. Like, I, they, I do get frustrated they never explain why his leg is fucked up. I, I kind of like a little mystery in there. Like, you know why it's messed up. Yeah, he's probably. He's fighting vampires. Yeah, he's fighting yeah. vampires. That makes sense. I, I, I get on board with that. I think that it's just, like, funnier to me where, like, they're discussing style. They're like, okay, yeah, like, this would look really cool <laughs> if you cut your hair a little bit this way. I think the vampires would be a little more intimidated by you. They do They do get, go out of their way, this movie does, to make the vampires have a very specific style. The one that stood out to me was that that uh, blonde white lady who was Deacon's, I don't know, fuck buddy sidekick. She was, like, side a kick. side piece. Yeah, yeah it, but at the end... Where they're doing the whole uh, the whole seance with uh, yeah. La Grada? No. La Magra. La Magra. Her hair has uh, 10 gallons of gel in it. Holy oh, yeah. shit. It's 1998, man. Like, she could stab someone with her hair. It was crazy. Well, maybe Deacon something, something about married her, you know? Maybe it wasn't gel. <laughs> they just got done making love. That's a lot of, that's a lot of gel, man. <laughs> that's a that's lot funny. of gel. So let's talk about Pearl for a second. Who's Pearl? 
Pearl's the job of the hut vampire. Oh, that yeah. It's uh, it, I don't want to talk about Pearl. I got to go to the bathroom. You guys are all <laughs> that guy creeped me out. It reminded me of the first victim from that David Fincher movie Seven. Oh, I've only seen that once. It's been forever. The uh, the that was the that's what's in the box. Yes, that is that that is that film. Yeah. The the first when they when so when opening scene in Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt are investigating this first murder from the serial killer Kevin Spacey and uh, gluttony was the first sin and it was just a super gigantic man who was forced to eat until he died. Jeez. Well, I should watch that part again. But yeah, that Pearl was fucking gross. And yeah, very I guess he's just been hard to look blood at for I, forever. Like, how do you get that fat? It's as a, a great vampire? question because it's just it's blood, right? It's just right. it's pure That's sustenance. Eat. He's not going to McDonald's eating Big Macs. How exactly. does how does he get fat? And also, why is his name Pearl? It is a he, right? Are we? It is a he. At one point, yeah. they say, yeah, he or something. Watch it, him or something like that. Very strange. And he has a very effeminate voice. It, it's like they it was gender ambiguous, but a man bald. I don't know. It, Pearl was weird. I, I'm not sure why that was included in the film. It's very strange. They probably kept it a man because they didn't have a shirt on it. So then it oh. would have to be woman titties. I mean, he had woman titties. Yeah. But, yeah. I, it's already an R-rated movie, so I don't know why they give a fuck about that. But um, this is a good time to throw this joke in here. Please. Before we get too far, too. Because uh, you just said, talked about eating. Uh, so whenever they first get uh, Dr. Keller or whatever back to the thing and they're ingesting her. Talking about Karen? Karen. Yeah, yeah whatever her character's name is. I never really picked up on it. Like, oh, yeah, she's, the, she's the girl. Um, they inject her with the garlic. And, you know, whenever I want to inject myself with garlic, I just go eat Italian food. <laughs> <laughs> or I go to Papa John's and get that garlic sauce. Yeah, there you go. And dip that pizza crust in there it. There you go. That's, that's the one joke I really wrote down for this. <laughs> uh, I, I'm confused as to why Blade needs serum. I feel like there are a multitude of blood banks he could just go to and get blood that humans have have given. Yeah. It just it, I don't know why he needs to have a serum that keeps him like just get bags of blood. Yeah. You know what I think would be like an interesting movie is like vampires are real, but the U.S. government and society just like treats them like people, and they understand they have an illness, and so they they get allotted an, an amount of blood. That's interesting. And then they become like super soldiers or something. Like, no, 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 that's good. That's kind of cool, right? Yeah. Uh, True Blood kind of posited that kind of a theory where uh, that was a universe where vampires were acknowledged that they existed, and then they had this this special synthetic blood that they had called True Blood, which did, that's what they drank. Like, and it, yeah, like if I if I'm a if I get infected with vampirism and like that's a like a real virus that makes me go crazy and I want to eat human, human blood. If I go to a hospital, like are they just gonna like put me down? Or are they gonna try to like? find a way for me to survive you know yeah Ooh. that's an interesting question i would think that they would probably recognize that you're still a living being and they wouldn't just say hey we have to kill you because you're not right. human yeah interesting question i guess i'm yeah. just asking questions that'd be like fast and furious 10 <laughs> dude that's what that's where they're going with 10 legal, vampires legal vampires so i have a whole bunch of miscellaneous that didn't fit into like a category. Go on. But uh, first one, how much newspaper was used in this movie for shots where they're just like walking randomly down the street dramatically? I don't know if you guys noticed that. I did not. Was it but like newspapers flying in the background and you, shit? Anytime Blade is walking away and you see his sword, there is like reams worth of newspapers <laughs> so they were around the street they were doing in um an urban city what the old west would do with those yeah. little things tumbleweeds, thing, tumbleweeds. tumbleweeds. Yeah. yeah that that was blades tumbleweeds <laughs> uh let's see 
Uh, okay, I talked about the watches. Oh, I liked the weird fast motion montage while they were following the cop, and it's like set to this like real '90s hip hop beat. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you're talking Ooh. about when the cop returns to his vehicle. Yeah, that blade just beat the shit out of him right. in public hours earlier, and, and she's like, him. "He's not going to come back. He's not stupid." He's like, "Just wait." And then the smile he gives her when she does come back is pretty yeah, fucking yeah. sweet. He that shitty grin. A real shit-eating grin, for sure. Um, we talked about the Korean pop music in the club. Okay, the secret fridge door. Yeah, okay. the, the freezer that enters the um, the vampire lair. I, I like that. I got no problem with that. But when they when you look at the door, there's actual food in the fridge. Well, they got to make it. They got to sell it. They got to make it look legit. Yeah, but when you open the fridge, you're gonna see that there's a staircase in the back. So like that kind of insinuates that it's actually like somehow a working fridge, even though the back's the stairwell. <laughs> Hey, may, uh, maybe it is working fridge, or maybe there's really selling the fact that this is, you know, a uh, uh, secret entry into a hideout. Yeah, I, I just, I, that cracked me up. And then, uh, of course, when Whistler, you know, acts mocking as the day and he like blows through the wall, he shoots the machine gun from his hip. Yeah, he hips it. Like with, you know, no control. And that's only like, hits like three vampires. Yeah, that's like a very 90s thing. I love that. You know, why would you not aim? Um, <laughs> Why aim when you have so much ammunition you don't have to give a fuck? <laughs> uh, uh, Karen Jensen. Okay, so she creates a cure for vampirism yes. in two weeks. Well, it's not even two weeks. It's like three days. Yeah, I don't know what the timeline of this movie is, but they're just like, oh, like I feel like that was a real casual part of this hey, movie. Hey, man, we got a vaccine for COVID out in like a year and a half. Yeah, well, this lady did it in record time. In the defense. In like a... Uh, you know, a back alley garage factory thing. Well, but also she was the. This was the first time that Blade and Whis, uh, Whistler had access to a, a, a hematologist. A hematologist. So maybe that's all. That's all they needed. Maybe the answer was always there, and they just didn't have the science to figure it out. I, I just feel like instead of like stabbing people in the face with stuff that makes them explode, why would you just not stab them with the stuff that cures them of vampirism? Yeah, no. Well, eventually that's what they do. Well, sort of. No, they do the, with Deacon, they do the thing, whatever they, whatever. Um, no, no, they, they put the EDTA, yeah. the anti-blood clot and they blow them up. But like, what I'm saying is why not just shoot them up with vampire cure? These are all questions. That's also, a good question. <laughs> does, does becoming a vampire make you like, an asshole or could you like i i, tr I tend to think <laughs> people who are already assholes want to be vampires my question is like would you have the free will to be like well i just don't want to be a vampire and i i hate these people like blade was half human and he made that choice but like if you're full vampire are you just like all in on vampirism like you're like the thirst takes over and you have no choice i guess well yeah the thirst i think is okay. the main contributor to just because once you have that un insatiable hunger i think that's what kind of drives you to being all in on the vampire thing all right i got a couple more bullets and miscellaneous here uh last okay second to last uh i want to see robert downey jr's character from tropic thunder sergeant <laughs> osiris yeah play blade four because <laughs> i think that would be the most entertaining blade Yes, uh, I don't think you could get that greenlit today, <laughs> but yes, I, I think we would all love to see but it. he would do it ironically, so right. he wouldn't get in trouble again. No, to be, no, I think that would be fantastically funny. Good luck getting a studio to be like, sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that. Okay, here's the, the biggest problem I have with the entire plot. So Deacon's grand plan is to bring back this 
blood god, this yes. vampire god. His name's Lamagra. Lamagra that will essentially turn everyone on the earth into vampires. Translates to the Magra. What do they? <laughs> what do they eat? If everyone's yeah. a vampire. Yeah, that's a that's a very fair point. They, I thought the same thing. They're just going to starve their own species to death. What do they eat? They need yeah. blood. If everyone's a vampire, it, cannibalism is the only thing I can think of. Yeah, that's that's exactly that's a great point. And also, I was real like I know that they had the skulls breaking out of people, like the wing skulls. Yeah, during the the uh, seance, the end. But, yeah, like they really built up La Magra, and all they did was just make Deacon's eyes red. Never saw La Magra. That's, yeah, but they they kind of remedy that when the original Dracula comes up in the third one. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that's what I was ex like. You would expect that. Maybe it was a budget thing, but like make Deacon have some like physical characteristics where like he his eyes went really red, man, to a bat. But like he just gets red eyes, and at one point he has bad CGI when he's cut in half. Yeah, that's that's when I wrote down this CG did not age well. Well, it was ninety eight guys. It wasn't, but it wasn't until that part that I was like, all right, I'm making the note now. Like he plays <laughs> himself back together. Yeah, like he gets cut in half, and he's just like, well, watch this. <laughs> Yeah, and it was it, it, they kind of jumped the shark there with that one, but they were just trying to show that oh, this guy is going to be harder to kill. Yeah, I'd I'd like their epic sword fight. I don't know where Deacon got his sword. Uh, that's a great question. It is or where just like showed up with a sword, and you're like, let's just do this real theatrical. Like, I think they're just inferring that once you become a vampire, you innately have the ability to uh, sword fight. Sword, sword, sword to sword fight. S words. I'll take swords. I'll take pork swords. Just I, kidding. I did like when that blonde-haired, uh, gelled-up hair chick, yep. she stabs the guy with the sword and then kicks the sword into the column. Oh, yeah. That was a satisfying vampire yeah. kill. Right yeah, there. no, and I I have not seen her in any feature film that I know of since then, so this was kind of, that was her big, that was her big yeah. time. There was a lot of Harry <laughs> Potter going on in this film, you know, like Mudblood. Go on. Like, yeah. You know how, like, in Harry Potter, like, if you're born a wizard, you're better in this one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing. This movie was basically Harry Potter is what I'm trying to say. So <laughs> just to clear this up, yeah. in, and I'm not a huge Harry Potter guy. I'm happy to clear it up for you. So, so there is a world in Harry Potter where you are not born a wizard but can become one. Uh, no, you're well, born one, but your parents are You're, you're either, like, yeah. both your parents are wizards and then you're a pureblood, but sometimes okay. you can be... Your parents mud. cannot be wizards, yeah, and mud you can be. So oh, you're okay. Mud blood so these would be it. people with muggle parents. Yeah. Right. And they who... get invited to become wizards. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Biggest mud blood example? Do you know who it is? I do not. Hermione, Hermione Granger. Granger. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, she was a mud blood. Emma Watson? Well, Emma Watson, right? Yeah. 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 Draco Malfoy didn't like her at all. Just goes to show even... Wizards are Speaking of Draco Malfoy, that guy is still, I mean, I haven't seen him in anything else, but he does have quite the following on TikTok doing Draco Malfoy TikToks. Oh, really? Yes. Does he like do spells and stuff? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that. It's, it, cash it's in, cash staying in relevant man. somehow, yeah. I'm pretty sure he probably charges like 80 bucks for a cameo. I say young man, he's probably like the same age as me. Yeah, no, they all are. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, what's Harry's name, his real name? Oh, Harry Potter. If I wasn't trying to Daniel think of Radcliffe. it, yeah, Rupert Grant kept coming to mind. That's Ron. <laughs> yeah, that is Ron. He doesn't have a soul. Gingers. <laughs> uh, the last thing I have is it was a nice that Curtis got a callback, and it was really interesting that he was still interested in rekindling his relationship with Dr. Karen. Yeah. So 
I had to go rewind that scene because I was like, is he a vampire? And then they said, sometimes vampire genes don't take and they become like a zombie and they eat anything. That's what he was. So that, I mean, that I they explained it. Yeah. It's kind of a cool concept. Like that doesn't take with everybody and it messes people up. And maybe that's where we like get zombie offshoot movies from. Like it's from failed vampirism. Oh, that's interesting. Well, and it got me whenever Deacon like don't insult her down zombies there. like that. Zombies are just failed vampires. <laughs> <laughs> whenever Deacon pushes her down, he's like, "I'm going to show you an old friend of yours." I was like, "Who the fuck is this going to be?" So I, yeah. it got me. I was like, "Oh shit, it's Curtis." Karen, yeah. do you ever think twice about us? <laughs> they, she got out of that pit way too quick. Yeah, she did. She climbed right up that. She thing. climbed right out of there. Yeah, she did seem like an experienced free climber. Like she had a little bone assistance she had like a femur that was sharpened to a spike and that's how she was climbing out if you guys remember that i do remember like, that very resor- resourceful on her they part they were like 100 percent sure she wasn't getting out of that pit like they yeah. walked away immediately yeah it's the ultimate it's kind of like the same like thing a bond villain thing yeah where the the villain right before they're about to kill you tells you their grand plan yeah yeah all right uh keenan kyle anything else no i think i i didn't take a lot of notes uh because I was just enjoying the fuck out of it. It's a good movie. It was the first time I'd watch it, so I was like, all right. You know, I I feel like I've really come full circle in this movie from being terrified of it as a little kid, but I still, like, I have the same respect for Wesley Snipes for just being absolutely the coolest guy in this movie. Yeah, like, he's, <laughs> he's a cool motherfucker. Like, it's a little over the top sometimes, but, like, I, I enjoyed watching it. I had a good time watching it. Um, this is definitely the perfect guy for that role. This is Wesley Snipes' career role. This is his Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I think Wilma Hershaw Ali is a great cast choice. I don't think he'll ever surpass Wesley Snipes' Blade. Man, Wesley be, Snipes' is Blade. It's going to be hard for me to see another Blade, but in the same token, I thought Tobey Maguire did a pretty good job as Spider Man. Ugh, get off my podcast. <laughs> I like the Tobey Maguire's. Ugh, he's the worst. I, I liked can't it when I was stand a kid, him. But going back and watching him, I'm like, ah. Andrew Garfield's far better. Tom Holland's clearly the best. I thought he did a good job in Satan's Alley, which was the prequel to Tropic Thunder. And yeah. <laughs> with I'm not familiar with this. Oh, it's one of the commercials at the beginning. Oh like yeah, the fake yeah. Trailers at the beginning. Yeah, where they're both monks. I yeah. do remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Satan's Alley. <laughs> All right, do you know what time it is? Got up, up, ba doop, boop. Uh, it's time for Tipsy Trivia. It's uh, 7.50 p.m. <laughs> Central Standard Time. Central Standard You know what, Kyle? CST. <laughs> this is the portion of the podcast where we have five trivia-based questions from the film. If Kyle and Keenan get three or more correct, I have to shotgun, and they don't. If they get less than three correct, I have to shotgun, and they don't. I think that's right. Inevitably, we'll all end up shotgunning because it's that kind of show. Number one. Did you know I didn't get to do Number the eight. shotgun? Yeah, we'll do it time. this time. Uh, Keenan, Keenan won't, but we will. Okay. Number one. Which actor was originally signed on to play Deacon Frost but dropped out due to another movie? Was it A, Jet Li, B, Giovanni Ribisi, C, Skeet Ulrich, or D, Mark Wahlberg? To play Deacon? Correct. I don't know the middle two. Giovanni Ribisi, uh, Saving Private Ryan, really sad death, medic. Okay. He was talking about his mom. Yeah. Jet Li is a very famous kung fu. No, oh, no, he was the last one, though. No, Jet Li's A. Giovanni Ribisi. Mark Wahlberg? Who's Skeet sorry. Ulrich? Oh, sorry, Skeet, Skeet Ulrich. Ulrich. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the movie Scream? He yeah. played Sydney's boyfriend, who was eventually the one of the two killers at the oh, yeah. end. Oh, okay. I can't picture Jet Li in that role. I can't. 
picture. Well, I can kind of picture Mark Wahlberg. I'm going to go Mark Wahlberg. Okay. I'm going to guess, I, while I couldn't picture Jet Li, but there's cool. a lot of Asians in there and like vampire Asians. So I'm mm-hmm. going to guess Jet Li. It is Jet Li. All right. Nice. Which the, uh, good job, Keenan. All right. The dialogue would have been more interesting because they would have had to have limited the dialogue a little more. Because Jet Li speaks fine English, but with the way the dialogue was written stylistically for um, Stephen Dorff, they would have had to have uh, gone back. It would have been a different kind of nightclub owner. Yes. Yeah. Um, Mark Mark Wahlberg (laughs) was offered but turned it down, and Ski Ulrich lobbied to play the role, wanted to be this character, but was never offered. Oh, my God. I'm a vampire I think Marky Mark would have been worse. Yeah. Say hello to your mother for me. Yeah, this was like during... I bit your mother. Fear, yeah. This would have been like fear, Mark Wahlberg. I like them apples. Well, no, that's Matt Damon. Oh, well, I got a number. How do you like them apples? That was you fucking regurgitating garden wood. I thought that was no, that was Matt Damon. Yeah, it's Matt Damon. I'm Matt Damon. All right, number two. True or false? In the original Blade comic, the character was actually a white Englishman. False. False. Very true, unfortunately. I really? Think, I think we're all what? glad they changed the character. Yeah, in the original comic that came out, it was set in England, and it was a white man. Whoa. Well, okay, hold on a minute. But the comics did feature a black vampire killer. Yes. Eventually. Did Stan Lee come up with a white guy? I don't have that information. Okay. I should have looked more into that. I don't know. What I do know is the first few issues were a English white man, and then they originally were, and then they, they figured out, oh, this character is much better as, you know, this way. And so they went the, um, the route they changed him. And I think for the better, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Can you picture like Michael Sarah? <laughs> Blade? I can barely picture Michael Sarah and um, uh, oh, it's uh, Zach or Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yeah. 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 I've been giving you guys cocaine all night and I'm just trying to find my cell phone. I've wasted so much good coke on you people. <laughs> Number three, over under 110, what was this movie's eventual body count? Oh, I'm going to say over. I'm going to say over. 111. All right. Blade accounted for 65 of those kills. Damn. He had like a never-ending mag out of that Mac 11 slash Mac 10. Mac 10 and a half. Number four. Which now critically acclaimed actor was originally attached to... Oh, Sorry. Number four, which <laughs> other actor was in competition with Snipes to play Blade? Was it A, Cuba Gooding Jr., B, LL Cool J, C, Will Smith, or D, Morris Chestnut? Who's Morris Chestnut? Have you ever seen Half Past Dead? No. Have you seen Like Mike? Yeah. He's the guy that uh, is on the team. He's like takes in Lil Bow Wow. I can't picture him, but it's okay. Okay. I'm not going to choose that guy. A, Cuba Gooding Jr., B, LL Cool J, C, Will Smith, or D, Morris Will Chestnut. Smith being Will Smith in this role sounds like the worst movie ever. Yeah, like he's originally supposed <laughs> to be Cuba in The Matrix. Go- like Cuba Gooding Jr. as Cuba, like most of his character, like that sounds terrible too. Show me the money. I'm going to guess Morris Woodgrain Chestnut. Woodgrain. I'm going to say Will Did Smith because he's turned down roles in the past like this. Oddly enough, it was B, LL Cool J. Oh. LL Cool J. Which would have been a very different film. I don't want to say he would would have done a bad job, but Wesley Snipes is way better. I just don't know if yeah. he could be like just cool. seriously uh, badass enough. Right, like right. He, he's very cool, but I don't think he could have pulled off the um, the badassery. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like in Deep Blue Sea, like he was good in that role. Very funny, good comedic element in right. that role. Had a swearing parrot. 
A fucking shark ate me. It would have been a different movie for sure. Not as I think we we can agree not as good. Yeah. All right, and number five. Which now critically acclaimed director was originally attached to direct before Norrington was hired? Was it A, David Fincher, B, Quentin Tarantino, C, Christopher Nolan, or D, David Lynch? Can you imagine Quentin Tarantino's blade? Could be pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Life is not perfect enough for that. I, dude, if Quentin came because he's doing only one more film, if he came out and said, I'm going to redo Blade, I'd be like, Shut up and take my money. Wasn't he doing a Star Trek film? I think that's been kiboshed. It's, Uh, uh, but uh, I'm going to watch any Quentin Tarantino film. A Quentin Tarantino. He could say I'm redoing from uh, like the Sound of Music, the Thomas Crown Affair, and I'd watch it. I would watch Quentin Tarantino as the Sound of Music. I would too. Well, we kind of seen a a a form of that in in Glorious Bastards. That's true. That's true. Okay. Touche, Rob. So, A, David Fincher, B, Quentin Tarantino, C, Christopher Nolan, or D, David Lynch? I'm going to say David Fincher. I'll say David Lynch. It was Fincher. All right. So Fincher, I got one right. There you go. Which, this would have been a very different... I don't see Fincher doing a comic book movie. No, I don't either. I just watched two David Fincher movies last last week. Girl and, with the Dragon, The Girl with the Dragoon Tattoo. And Gone Girl. And Gone Girl. Both very I, good films. I also watched Girl with the Dragon Tattoo not less than a week and a half. Really? It's on Hulu. I've seen it before, but... Also, very messed up movie. I yeah. read the books, and those movies do the books perfect justice. We were talking about it, and it was fucked up that the first thing I thought about when I remembered that film was like, oh, yeah, Rooney Mara shows her bush, and Keenan's like, she also gets really viscerally raped. I'm like, oh, that probably should have yeah. come to mind first. Yeah. Those are some brutal books, and there's also, like, Swedish versions of those yeah. Yeah. that are also very, very true to the books, and uh, it's hard to watch those scenes, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Such a good story, though, that the movie's great. But boy, those are hard to watch. The story justifies putting in... Because if you just put scenes like that in a movie for the sake of them being yeah. there, it doesn't justify them being there. It just seems uh, gross. I wish they would do a sequel with Daniel Craig. Yeah. Well, they did a sequel, but it wasn't even with Rooney Mara. It was a different girl playing her. like the fourth book. Yeah. Like, they skipped books two and three to the reboot. What was her name? a different author. Lisbeth... Elizabeth Sanders. Yeah, Elizabeth Sanders. Yeah. I read the fourth book. It's by a different guy. Anyway, I'm going to sound pretentious right now. You, <laughs> this is not an intellectual podcast, Kyle. You talk about you read Disney. I'm not even going to go there. If <laughs> had I known you read books, I wouldn't have even invited you That's on. That's true. The Real Probably Buzz like Book the kind Club. Of guy that reads books for learning. <laughs> you don't the learn only nothing kind from books. Colors I need are red, white, and blue. That's what I told that teaching lady. <laughs> that That's what your beard says. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, does anyone have a pair of khakis? Yeah, bush light. Yeah, you don't bush you you don't want to you don't want to shotgun one of those An nice IPA. beers, the space campers. You don't want to do that. Cosmic IPA. Okay. For my uh, children listening in the future, just do as I say, not, not as, as I, I do. do. Yeah. Three, two, one, and they're off. All right. That was a uh, that was simultaneous. Rob's got a little bit on his pants. Yeah, I, I spilled a little on my pants. I almost, <clears throat> I almost swallowed my nicotine pouches in my mouth. Oh shit! You shotgun with nicotine pouches in your mouth? Yeah, uh, not advisable. Once it hits your lips, it's so good. <laughs> it's a good Saturday. All right. Oh god. <laughs> okay. Uh... Drinking buddies. This is the portion of the podcast where we choose a character, not an actor, but a character from the film that we would get irresponsibly shit-faced, fucked up, drunk, shy vote, if you will, and I will, with 
Keenan, who is your drinking buddy? Blade. Solid choice. Yeah. I just. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even mad. I, no, yeah. I feel like that is the worst choice. I'm gonna no, let me defend my decision. Okay. Why he looks cool and he does cool stuff. Look at the hell like how shitty he treats Karen the entire movie. That is true. He wouldn't probably put up with much of my bullshit. That guy literally has no conversation in which he's not belittling her or like trying to talk like some kind of badass. Maybe like, the so old. If you're like, I get it. You kill vampires. Like, can we talk about yeah, the, the fact that the Chiefs are good or something? Sweet like, blade. That's a great point. <laughs> Jesus. It like, like be getting drunk with a really, really traumatized soldier who has terrible yeah, PTSD. Like, it, it, and oh. you just hear all the gory details about the shit he's done and his <laughs> his horrible mental illness from the no, trauma he's experienced. Like, I would love to talk with someone about that experience, but Blade in particular just seems like a real dick about that. He'd be like, hey, Blade, you want another beer? He'd be like, I got to go kill these vampires. <laughs> I guess I'm yeah. drinking myself then. Man, this Kyle? is... Kyle? Whistler. That's that's a solid choice. That's a good choice. That uh, guy looks like he's got some stories to tell. Yeah. I'm going with Quinn because he's a super jovial dude. Yeah. And he's great with the ladies, from what I can tell. And he also <laughs> is going to be a naughty vampire god. He is. That just sounds like a great guy to drink with. And he's, he seems he's... I think the reason why Deacon likes him so much is because he just loves to have a good time. Like, he's not there. He claims he wants to kill Blade and kick people's asses, but he he's has a, no capability of doing so. He's a soldier, though. He's out there getting his ass kicked night after night on behalf of Frost. Yeah, it's hard he, to find a guy like that. It's not like he does. It, like it, it's it hurts. Like you can tell it hurts him. Right? That's like, probably why he parties and drinks. He man. got his whole body burnt, and he's just like, okay, yeah. And again, I'll reiterate, he got his face grinded against the side of a moving subway train. Yeah, yeah. that's true. All right, that's true. Moving on to Rotten Tomatoes over under. I will set the critics' rating of this movie at a fifty-seven percent. So critics fifty seven mm-hmm. seems low. Yeah, I'm gonna guess over. Hoping. I hope it's over. Under fifty six. Oh. I disagree with that. I disagree with that overall appraisal of the film. The audience I will set at a seventy nine percent. Over. Over. Under seventy eight. Damn. Damn. IMDb. <laughs> IMDb gets it right. Seven point two. Close. Seven point four. Seven point one. Damn it. And my real buzz rating of this film is four out of five beers. I'm going to say three and a half beers out of five. I was uh, contemplating between three and a half and four, and I eventually ended up on four. I will. I can't give it the full four just because the CG didn't age the best. There's some things that aren't the best, but it's a fun fucking movie. And three and a half is still, I I mean, if I say three and a half, you should go watch it. Yeah, three and a half is it's worth watching. In accordance with IMDb, yeah. the 70 some odd percent. Yeah. It's not yeah. like the half a beer that Simon Says was. It's, yep. not, it's not a great movie, but it's a good movie. Yeah, I'll watch it again, I'm sure, at some point. <coughs> I hadn't watched it in probably 12 years. I will watch it again in the next six months. <laughs> there you go, yeah. I'm going to watch I, the other I, two. I'm not going to watch it in the next six months, but I may like stroll down Blade 2 and Blade 3. Oh, God, yeah. I'm going to do that. I'm definitely doing that. HBO Max. So. Oh, yeah, we watch it. Yeah, free on HBO if you have it. Oh, for fuck me. I paid two ninety nine to rent it. What? Oh, man. Uh, I don't mind. I, I like this movie. Watch, I don't mind giving this movie money. Did you watch Suicide Squad last night? I've seen about 40 minutes of it. I really... The 40 minutes I saw, I th- in what I was anticipating, I'm like, it doesn't quite live up to expectations, but I want to finish it before I actually make I, a judgment. I, I laughed out loud a couple of times. Uh, okay. Oh, no, no. All right. So I'll probably finish it tonight, and I'll, I'll give... But so far, it's, it's spades better than the oh, first one. Yes, 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 yes. That movie was... a 
flaming piece say, of garbage. My, I love not to give too much away, but like I love some of the opening scenes in that movie. Yeah, they were great. Yeah. All right, that about does it for episode ninety two of no. I think it's ninety two of Real Buzz what Takes. Are you, what are you guys gonna do for your hundredth? Where I'm actually, I have ideas about that. I don't want to share right now, but okay. I, it's going to be something special. It's going to be a spectacular. You're going to like like do a nude episode or something. The, the, that's an idea. I don't know if people want to see that. I'll, I'll be tuning in ah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. Well, maybe yeah. that that maybe that'll be it. Wait for episode 100. Everyone's nude. Yeah. Well, kudos to you guys for making a hundred episodes of this thing and well we haven't for, yet i could die let me back on the podcast this like, is hey, welcome back you're it's great having you not not honored man not counting phone calls this is your third appearance this is my second appearance actually sitting in front of the mic tremors was your first tremors was my first i didn't, I didn't realize that i did call in one time for uh kong skull island and you left us a voicemail too i, I think you're the only voicemail one. for the stripper movie uh, oh. Striptease, yes. Striptease, or was it? Or was it? No, it's probably Showgirls. Showgirls, maybe. yeah. No, I think it was, was striptease. striptease. Man, we've done multiple. Whatever, whatever one had the Beaver Hut as the. That was this. That was Striptease. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I left. I think I said something about that was the same uh, name as my daughter's daycare. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kyle, thank you again for coming on. We will have you on in the future, Keenan. I love you. You're always great. And uh, go ahead and take us out. Catch you fuckers at a bad time. We are the Real Buzz crew, and we review the best of the worst for you. This concludes our broadcast day. I'm fucking bad with the buttons. He's just firing his gun. I'm not seeing Oh, thank you.